Rob B here, back with Rob D for the Property Podcast. It's episode 181, and this week we're looking at Is UK Property Unaffordable? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting into this. I love topics like this because you see so many claims made all over the place about um, what property is doing, what it means, and often these points are wheeled out to support certain agendas. What we're going to do today is actually get into the data and look at different ways of slicing it to get to the answer to this question. By the end of this episode, we will have answered the question, amazingly. Is UK property unaffordable? Well, we will find out. So I think it's going to be a really interesting episode. We'll get into it very shortly. But first, Rob, if you are interested in property, we've got a few places where you might want to be hanging out tonight. We have. It's the Property Hub Meetups. Hurrah! They're free to go to. So get your ticket. They're all over the place, including overseas as well. So go to propertyhub.net forward slash meetups, grab yourself a free ticket for your local area. And we're all over the place. So we're bound to be close to somewhere near where you live unless you're on a remote island somewhere um but if you're anywhere on mainland uk we've probably got a meetup near you and i am staying near me because i'll be at the king's cross meetup again 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 uh, but i have two new starters at the rmp office that day and the king's cross meetup is over the road so i'll be taking them to experience their first ever meetup which should be great say hi to them be nice to them which i know you all will be when you meet them um so i will go to the king's cross meetup however just to stop me going again if i go to the king's cross meetup again this year 2016 i will buy everybody drinks all night which will definitely stop me going now so there you go i've said that publicly so i can no longer go to the king's cross meetup after tonight again this year there we go that'll stop me i was worried we're gonna to have to get security on the door to keep you out but I think that, <laughs> that promise will do the job just as nicely you're not on the list buddy <laughs> yeah. you're not coming in exactly um and we're recording this a little bit ahead so i'm not sure where i'm gonna be just yet but i will be at a meetup somewhere and i hope to see you there the propertyhub.net slash meetups is the place to go so mysterious rob mm. will he be our one will he not <laughs> uh spoiler if, if it's on firmlin no i will not be there <laughs> but I will, I will be but we'll, Hong get, Kong, we'll, get, Dubai, we'll get there eventually don't we'll, get excited he's not coming yeah we're doing an elaborate bit of game theory to see who's going to end up having to do the very furthest away one out of the two of us um but anyway enough about meetups rob i've picked out a news story just for you we've been deep in silly season for a while now um so there's been not been a lot of actual news but you like property you like trains. We've got a news story which maps property prices onto the train network. This is like heaven. I'm going to print this off and put it on my wall, I think. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm so excited. That's all I've got to say. It's a, it's a map with train lines with property prices against it. I mean, what more do you want? So if you are excited as I am about this news story, go to thepropertyhub.net forward slash unaffordable, which is where you can find this week's show notes. Yeah, there's really not a lot more to say about that. It is, it's, it's one of those, it's quite it's interesting. interesting. It's, you can't talk about it because it's visual. No, that's the thing. It was re- it's really interesting to sort of stare at and see how the prices change as you go along the, along the lines and stuff like that. But the, just when I was thinking about how to describe it, I realized there's absolutely no point in describing it. So let's not. Um, go to the show notes, propertyhub.net slash unaffordable if you want to see that. It is worth getting hypnotized by for a few minutes. But let's move on to our topic of the 
week, which is a lot easier to talk about, and um, we'll be able to draw more interesting conclusions based on it. So is it? Is UK property unaffordable? A lot of people will tell you it is. A lot of people, if it suits them, will tell you that it's not. But how do you measure it? How has affordability changed? Is it less affordable now than it has been in the past? So like people talk about being property being overvalued. Is it? Well, that's what we're going to get into. But in order to do that, we need to break down this question a bit more and go back to like, well, what is affordability? There are loads of different ways of looking at this. We're going to pick out four different ways of measuring affordability and talk about like where property is now um, against each of these measures compared to where it has been in the past. And then having done that, we're going to look at, well, what does this mean? All very interesting, but how can you actually use this information? So it's going to be quite stat heavy, but there are some fascinating numbers in here. I think it's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be really interesting. I'm I'm actually smiling as I'm about to to go through this because you know I know you're the property geek, Rob. I think that's why we get on so well because I'm just when it comes to numbers, I'm just like yay, and, and you know trains, yay. I'm starting. I'm not a cool image, have I? So before I ruin it any further, let's get into this. So let's start with nominal prices. So nominal prices. This is the actual price of the property. So what is the property worth? It doesn't really tell you that much over time. If you're looking into the data, because it doesn't take into account inflation. So, you know, when your parents or your grandparents say, well, I bought a detached in this area in 1960 for only £20,000. And today it's worth 320. Don't be too impressed because that's what inflation has done alone. So if you had a average property in an average area in 1960 and relied totally on inflation alone and property prices didn't go up, just inflation then it'd be worth 320000 today. Now, isn't that an amazing number? Um, one of our very earliest episodes was about inflation. It's called something like um, inflation, your worst enemy or your best friend. And the point of that was that it's one of those forces that's really, really important, but because it moves quite slowly, um, you don't notice it. And that really illustrates it. When you look at it over a longer period of time, like from 1960 to today, it's uh, an absolutely massive effect. So yeah, that's nominal prices. They don't tell you that much historically as a result of inflation. So let's look at real prices instead. So real prices strip out the effect of inflation. So you take whatever measure of inflation in the general economy you want to, you strip that out, and what's left over is the real price of the house. So the, the actual house price inflation, the over and above general inflation. And on average, um, since 1973, apparently house prices have outstripped inflation by an average of 2% a year. Now, you get different measures of inflation and house prices and various other things. So you'll get some, some of these stats are a little bit contradictory. But between 1976 and 2014, real house prices apparently increased by 126%. So real house prices more than doubled between 1976 and 2014. That's the increase over and above the rate of inflation. So if wages increased in line with inflation over that same period, then property is less affordable than it was. And real prices are now higher than at their previous peak, which was in 2007. So by this measure, property is less affordable than ever before. Because prices fell 
for a while um they were back below their peak but since 2013 they've kicked on so much that even after accounting for inflation real house prices are higher than ever before so if you take that as your measure then uk property is less affordable than it ever has been so that's a more useful and realistic measure than just looking at the nominal prices but there are other ways as well that give you slightly different results well leading on from that is multiple of earnings so you, you talk about wages this is a more useful measure because it looks at house prices relative to today's incomes. So the Nationwide publishes a quarterly index that looks at the price of a typical first-time buyer house as a multiple of mean earnings. And that number is currently 5.3 times compared to the long-run average of 4.4. So the wage times that by 5.3 times, and that's the average house price. The average over the long term is 4.4. So we're slightly above average. Although there are lots of ways of approaching the data set. So the average could be higher depending on how you measure it. However, this is where data, and Rob touched on this at the beginning, and I'll probably have a mini rant later on, so don't worry, I'll, I'll get passionate. But this is where people manipulate data and use bits of data to suit agenda, because actually that really only tells you a very, very small piece of the, the picture, because it, it conceals the regional variations the ratio in London is only 10.4, and in Scotland, it's only 3.3. So huge differences. And in the Northwest, an area which we talk about quite a lot because of the Northern Powerhouse, it's only 3.8 as well. So massive differences. The average really conceals the true picture of what's going on behind in the background. Because as we know, London recently, over the last five, six years, has gone through what you could consider a, a mini boom, whereas other areas like Scotland, Northwest and so on have only just started to move up. So that's really skewed the data. London was probably higher before anyway, but it's gone a lot further because the other areas haven't moved where, and wages have gone up slightly in those areas. London, wages have gone up slightly, but nowhere near enough to keep up with the rate property prices are moving. Yeah, absolutely massive differences there. So, okay, so that's looking at the cost of acquiring property as a multiple of earnings. And that's relevant um, in terms of how much deposit you need and the kind of what mortgage lenders will give you. But there's another point to this as well. And this is another way of measuring affordability, which is the cost of your mortgage your mortgage payments each month as a percentage of your income. So yes, you need to be able to get the mortgage in the first place, you need to be able to afford the deposit, but then you need to actually pay the mortgage. And obviously, the more that you're putting towards the mortgage, the less you've got for other things. And so this is important to look at in terms of, a, of working out uh, whether property is affordable. So Nationwide has an index for this as well. It measures the proportion of the typical take-home pay that is required to make a typical mortgage payment for a first-time buyer. So again, there's going to be lots of different ways of defining those elements. So you could argue with the numbers. But what they found is that for the UK as a whole, it's 33% currently. So what that means is, uh, on average, of your take-home pay, what you end up with after tax, you put, have to put a third of that towards paying your mortgage. Now, historically, how's that been? Well, that percentage has been as high as 50%. So half of your take-home income going towards mortgage payments in 1989 and 1990. And the reason for that was that interest rates were extremely high at that point. 
It's also been as high as 50% in 2007. And interest rates then were a lot lower, but prices were an all-time high. Therefore, people needed to take out higher mortgages. So at the moment, it's about a third and it has been as high as a half. But again, there are huge regional variations. In London, and I couldn't believe this, in London, it is 67%. So two thirds of your take home income on average is going towards making a mortgage payment, which is absolutely massive. And it's even more amazing when you consider how low mortgage rates currently are. If mortgage rates were sort of where they have been historically on average, so say, say like the base rate was up, sort of up at about three, four percent or something, then it'd be over a hundred percent of your take home pay. Absolutely mad. But again, in terms of regional variations, in the northwest it's 24 percent, so it's below the uk average which makes sense because the uk average is pulled up by london and the southeast so again massive variations and important to look at because that is a really important consideration as well as the actual price of the property in the first place as to whether property is affordable for most people so what does all this mean and most importantly why does it matter well Taken as a whole, UK prices are more expensive now than ever in real terms and in nominal terms. In London, they're more expensive by every single measure. Affordability is better in terms of percentage of income than at previous peaks because mortgage rates are so low right now. And you, you know, you hear people pick data from certain areas and go, "Well, you know, in in the eighties, my." Uh, my property was a much better ratio against earnings. Yeah, but your interest rates were double digit. So it, it's all got to be brought together. How seriously should you take it? Well, it depends if you think it's going to revert to the mean, to the average. So, Or if the fundamentals, supply and demand, loose credit policy, government intervention, mean that housing is just more expensive now and will continue to be, and the trend will continue. Yeah, all very true. And I think the real story here, though, is the regional variation. For me, this is the most interesting bit. And it's probably the most relevant bit for us as investors. So the affordability of housing uh, for most people, for, for everyone in the country, is really, really important. But if we just kind of take this down and look at this from an investor's point of view, we can use this to see where the value might be. So when you look at London, no surprise, as Rob's already said, however you slice it, it's more expensive than ever before. So not a lot of value there, you would think. When you look at other areas like Yorkshire, um, they are far below their peak when you look at things like earnings multiples. And so that suggests that that's where the value might be. And I mentioned London and the London point is interesting because it depends really whether you see it as a leading indicator or a market of its own. So are there factors in place that make London completely different from the rest of the country? Or is the rest of the country ultimately going to end up where London is? My view, I think, is that London is different for various reasons. But you could argue it either way. And I think maybe the reason that we like this topic, Rob, is that it allows us to have some data to back up what we've said for a while, which is avoid London. There's no value there. and But there is value elsewhere. And it's not that you, you can't say that, you know, UK property as an entity is completely unaffordable or UK property is unaffordable. No, it's you, you can get into a little bit more detail and you can find that there is still value there in certain places when you start looking at the numbers. There is, you know, it, 
you and I don't invest in the Northwest and the you know the Midlands and and Yorkshire for giggles. We we invest there because that's based on all the information we have, where the best value is, the best returns are, and, and possibly, and this is where we speculate, the potential for growth. But that's not the big point here. The big point, and this is where we started, the data used by different people to set different agendas is really what frustrates me, and, and that's probably a playing down my emotions. I get really bothered by the way people use information for confirmation bias. So for example, you'll often see people go, oh, look, UK property prices are overvalued. Um, Against earnings, UK property is currently 5.3 and the average is 4.4 as a ratio. So it's overvalued. And that's that for, for a start, you're only using the average. I mean, you're not looking at the regions and how you can talk about some regions are actually way under average. But also, it ignores other things. And it, for example, the percentage of income, which is just as important. But then people who want to say property prices are undervalued will use percentage of income to say, oh, look, property prices are undervalued. You have to look at it all and then come to your own conclusions. Now, you know the conclusions Rob and I have come to, but you can come to your own. And that's the point. That's the point of this is be aware of when people just use one set of data to get their points across. Don't, you know, accept it, learn from it, but question it as well in your own mind or, or to them, depending on your relationship. And, and say, well, are there other data sets out there that could challenge this? Don't just accept one piece of data as confirmation that something is true question things. And this is why we give you this knowledge, this education. So when people do spout out the old rubbish, oh, properties undervalued, overvalued because of this one data point, you can just ignore it. It's in the papers all the time. People promote stuff one way or another. If people are promoting, you know, stocks, shares, or funds, they they point to property overvalued. If people are trying to get you to buy property, they point to that it's undervalued. Look at it all. In some areas, yes, property is undervalued. In some areas, yes, it's overvalued. But you could argue there's reasons why London's overvalued as well. So there's lots to it. But I think that's the main point is to take all the data, not just selective pieces, and you'll be a lot more comfortable with your decisions. It's a good rant, Rob. You said it was coming. One of your best. But yeah, I completely agree with all of that. Hopefully you found the topic interesting. And we've also kind of showed you why it's useful. You can draw some conclusions based on it, but you could also draw erroneous conclusions or people can um, encourage you to draw erroneous conclusions if you don't look at all the different things that we've looked at. So there you go. Is UK property unaffordable? Well, it's almost like the question is wrong. Uh, It it is and it isn't, depending on how you measure it. And also, there is no such thing as UK property, or at least there isn't any which is of any use to anyone. So when you start digging down into the question, there's interesting things to be found. There's also one part that we haven't really talked about yet, which is the affordability of rents. And we've got a resource of the week that ties directly into that. But before we can give you a resource of the week, we have to indulge ourselves a little bit with an iTunes review. We do, but we read them out because you've been kind enough to leave them. And there's two short ones this week. First one from Jay Santos says, I'm 20 years old and I want to get started in property. I've listened to two episodes so far and really enjoyed it. Concise and knowledgeable advice. Cheers, guys. Wow, a review after two episodes. We must have been two good ins. And Ruth says, Thank you, Rob and Rob, for taking time to produce 
educational and valuable podcasts about property and related subjects. You've given me the knowledge and confidence to take the first steps and the future is exciting. Carry on the good work and I'm hoping to make a summit one day to help further my education. Well, thank you, Ruth. Thank you, Jay Santos. And great reviews. And I really love it when people say like they've started, you know, pushed forward a little bit because of the podcast. Like they are, they're like gold, those those reviews. So thank you so much for letting us know you've taken action. Yes, great reviews. Thank you. Now, resource of the week time. And this week's resource is from the BBC. will be linked to in the show notes at thepropertyhub.net slash unaffordable. And this is very much linked to what we've just been talking about. This is talking about the affordability of rents. And so it's got a really useful search tool to find out how affordable rent is in any given local authority area. So the way that they've set this up is that they've said that um, in the same way that we talked about the proportion of take-home pay that goes towards mortgages, experts tend to advise that about a third of your take-home pay should go towards paying your rent if you're renting rather than owning. So rents would therefore be counted as unaffordable if that wasn't possible. And again, no major surprise that in London, it's unaffordable in every borough um, and in most of the North. In fact, every area of the North, except for one local authority, uh, property rents actually do meet this affordability test. But it's good fun to have a play around with. So I'm currently in Islington, so I just typed that in. Um, a one-bedroom property costs £1,500 a month. Um, and if what you should be paying if it was 30% of your annual, of your average salary would be £672. So it's absolutely miles away from being affordable by this measure. But then if you search for uh, somewhere that we've talked about on the podcast many times before, Hull, um, you should be, according to experts, paying £473 per month. And you can actually get a two-bedroom property for that easily with plenty of cash to spare. So the disparity, again, is absolutely enormous when you look at it in rental terms. And it's worth knowing because obviously if you're investing in property, you need someone to rent it from you. They need to be able to afford to do so. So it could be a useful thing to build into your research. Check it out. It's, it is really interesting. Go to this week's show notes, which you can find at thepropertyhub.net forward slash unaffordable. So we'll be back on Tuesday with another Ask Robert Rob. We'll be back next Thursday with another podcast. But before that, we'll be at the meetups this evening. So I'll be at King's Cross for a change and Rob will be somewhere. Oh, where will he be? Well, get to a meetup and he might be at yours. Yes, indeed. Well, whether we see you at a meetup or whether we see you back here for the podcast, we hope we see you somewhere very soon. And in the meantime, have a great day. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Property Podcast. For show notes, all our past episodes, and to leave a review, go to thepropertyhub.net slash podcast. 